this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Turn on Spotify, set the search to classic rock, and you may be fortunate enough to hear a song called Long Brown Wavy Hair by Led Zeppelin. Or the second, you might hear a song called Cut My Hair by The Who. Change genres on your Spotify and listen to Whip My Hair. Willow Smith's anthem inspires you to adopt whatever kind of hairstyle suits you and then to flat out own it. From the Beatles' iconic hairstyles to Steven Tyler's feathered hair, we love our musicians and their fascination with hair. We especially like it when musicians write songs and sing about it. Billy Gibbons, lead singer of ZZ Top, was so inspired by one hair event, he didn't write a song about hair. He wrote a song about a hairdresser. It's called Hairdresser. And it goes like this. I likes a wax. I likes a straight. I don't like the kind of hair you love to hate. I can dig a dread. I can dig it buzzed. I can dig a do that does the fuzz. God, my hair looks molested. Gimme, gimme, gimme my hairdresser. Regardless of what brings anyone into this career, the profession sits on the foundation of artistry and it brings to the customer the gift of elegance, allure, and even glamour. And today's guest, while in his teens, he leveraged his God-given talent to make music, which he still develops 30 years later. Along the way, he didn't just learn to cut hair, he developed a mastery that turned it into his own brand of artistry. And when finished and his clients walk out the shop, they don't just have a new look, they feel renewed, they feel refreshed, and by their own admission, they feel transformed. Our guest today, his name is John Donatio. He is an entrepreneur, a stylist, a designer, a teacher, and committed to always apply the integration of art, style, and technique, be it music or hair. And the best part, all of it in the service and happiness of his clients. John Donatio, it is a pleasure to welcome you. And welcome to a climb to the top stories of transformation. Chuck, thanks. It's great to speak with you. The obvious question here, given my lengthy intro, what is it, John, about hair that either makes us so excited or maybe in some cases is anxiety laden? Well, I mean, it's a form of self-expression. So musicians used it at the same time when to go against society's norms. They grew their hair out. They played louder, louder music. Uh, when you're a kid, one of your first liberties is being able to choose a hairstyle. You can't drive yet, but you can grow your hair out. So it's one of these things that from the beginning of when you first looked in a mirror and you start to get a sense of self, hair is one of the things you can kind of manipulate and figure out who you are with it. Yeah. And, you know, as I was prepping for the show, John, I thought about 
in my own musical catalog and I looked at the videos of Elvis Presley and then I looked at the Beatles and it was striking that nothing seemed to happen with hair until maybe the Beatles came along. Yet in the evolution of the 60s, all of a sudden, was there just a freedom or, or some other element that said, I am going to express myself visually? Yeah, I think it's a youth thing. You know, at that age, it, it was going against the grain. The 60s were coming off the 50s. And hairstyles in the 50s, women had very strong, defined looks. They were these very classic, um, that Stepford wife kind of, kind of look. And I, I, right. I think the 60s really changed all that. And yeah. hair, you know, Vidal Sassoon in the early 60s was really the, the first one that really started to bring design into it. Um, and, it, you know, from there, it just it, it just blew up. I think Sassoon is the beginning of all of this for everybody. Well, it's interesting that if he did that, does that mean that we began to either hear or to the extent that we could see that we thought differently about the musical experience? Again, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. It's, it was just a big movement of self-expression and, and breaking away from what was previous, as you have today, too, with things like Lady Gaga and Billie Eilish and, and you know, these young women coming out and their looks are uh, they're amazing. I love it. But it's it's not what you see a woman that goes to a, a job in a, a more of a conservative business setting where. Right. You know, they're pushing it just like they, the young women did back in the 60s. Well, as you grew up, I suspect your music started before you even cut hair or were they in parallel? No, music was first for me. Music was since I was a little boy. Um, and walk us through that evolution. Where did it begin? I think with me, it was seeing my grandfather play piano. Um, my On my mother's side, my grandfather was a jazz big band pianist and his brothers, two of his uh, three brothers, they had a band. So I grew up around music in my household. And uh, my mother was a big doo-wops fan. And my mom, my, my father was a hard rocker and all my brothers, Black Sabbath kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, when they divorced, my mom dated an African-American man who raised me from when I was five to 14. And he brought in the good music. To me, it was all the Motown. It was, <laughs> right. it was Stevie Wonder and the OJs and Smokey Robinson and Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five. Like that stuff was a big influence on me as a kid. And then when did you start seriously playing a particular instrument at what age? Guitar was the thing I gravitated to. And mm -hmm. I think most kids do. In the early 80s, I mean, I started when I was 12, which was 1982, Christmas Day of 82. And I still have that guitar, actually. Um, and at the time, you know, it was rock and roll. So that was the stuff that drew me in. Yet, as you were learning to play, you had grown up in a family and particularly with your mom who went to work in the setting of what you have now and looking behind yeah. you. Did you grow up, grow up in this environment? I did. Um, uh, my mother's brother, my mother, her brother, her sister, I have two cousins that do hair. 
so I was, I was a little boy. I was running around hair salons. Right. So you were running around hair salons, listening to the sounds of the temptations. And... Yeah. In my household, there was a lot of, there was a lot of that stuff. So you had Motown, you had some classic rock, you had a variety of influences. I did. In, interesting. Now we have a parallel going on here, John. So let's switch to your profession. While music was a big part of your growing up, I suspect somewhere along the line, you made the conscious decision. I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a hairstylist, or I'm going to be both. Walk us through how you came to decide that. And the reason I say that is many of our listeners who are at the age that you were describing are trying to, to think about what am I going to be in the world? Yeah. Is it one thing? Is it two things or the integration of both? Um, it is the integration of both, but it's, it's also music never leaves you. Being an artist is something you are. You're, so for me, I'll have music from the day I started until the, the day they stick me in a pine box. And for me, the interesting thing is hair is parallel to that. It's creative. Right. I get to use my mind the same way. The tools may be different, but at the end of the day, you're affecting people and you're being able to express yourself. So. Well, that's an interesting parallel, because when I think about what you do, and I've seen you in the shop, what starts with a pair of hands, and when I watched you pick up a guitar, it starts with a pair of hands, yeah. but anybody can hold scissors, and anybody can hold a guitar. You're very different. Tell us about your approach, whether it's the artistry of the music, or whether it's the artistry of someone sitting in a chair. Let's take someone sitting in a chair. What are they counting on you to do? I mean, basically, a lot of people come in and it, it, it's very hard, I feel, for people to be objective on themselves with mm -hmm. looks. Right. Um, we know what we want to see, but sometimes we're not too sure quite how to get there. And a good stylist can read that person, their, the way they carry themselves, the way they speak, the, just the way they take up space, the way they stand. I can look at a, somebody and figure out how to pair something pretty well with them. It, do it's you? A pretty, you, it's a cold read, though. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Well, that's where the communication skills and the soft skills come in, sure. where you may want to persuade them to change the way they think about themselves. Sure. Or There's otherwise, I suspect they may come in with a picture and say, can you make me look like? Sure. That's the easiest. Any good stylist. I mean, any good artist can see something and recreate it. Right. Uh, I'm at a point in my career where a lot of people come in and with my reputation because my clientele usually comes through my clientele. So every person I send out is my advertisement. So there, there is a set of expectations and a lot of, I'll hear it from new clients all the time. They'll say, you know, just let him do what he does. He knows right. what to do. So right. that's, it's a lot of pressure. You can't be wrong. That's for sure. Right. You don't have the luxury of being wrong, but at the same time, they're expressing the confidence. Let the artist be the artist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what they hire me for. So. And, that, and I'm so happy to do it. And what do you say to someone who says, I want to look like this, and you may have a different opinion? What happens in that chair? It's a delicate conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, Tread lightly. Yeah. You, you really don't want to, you, you really don't want to hurt anybody's feelings about this, but there's things with bone structure and the amount of hair somebody has, the quality of hair, where they are in their life. It's different putting a hairstyle on a 25-year-old than on a 45-year-old and on a 65-year-old. We're all in different areas of our life. And there's no reason you can't look great whatever age you are. You don't have to be 50 and trying to look 25. 
Right. Matter of fact, that's one of my least favorite things when people tend to do stuff like that. Right. Well, to tell, tell us, John, as we look at your background, what age did you start your business and tell us where you are now and the name of your business? The business is called Nourish Hair and Body, which I started with my wife. Uh, we're in our ninth year right now. My wife is a massage therapist. And we're just, for, for us, the name really is a definition of, of our whole mindset on how we conduct ourselves in life. We, we, we tend to be people that have empathy for other people and, and you want to make people feel good. And this is part, this is a big part of this business is how people leave the salon. It's not just the hair or just the massage. They're feeling good about themselves. And what, what, what I know for our listeners, John is in a town called Peekskill, New York, which is in the Hudson Valley, about 40 miles north of New York. And if you drive by the shop, you see the big sign called Nourish. Now, one may think I'm going to get a, a smoothie, but you, you had, you, it's not. In fact, what, what I looked at, the definition, when I was so fascinated by the name, what an interesting name. And I think it says a lot about the owners. And the definition I looked, I wanted to share it with our listeners because the definition of nourish is to provide with food or other substance necessary for growth, health, and good conditions. Is that what your clients expect? I mean, that's what we expect, you know, right. we expect to deliver that. Right. Um, that's that, your promise. That's it. I mean, that's what it's about. That's what we do. And that's why we love to do it. It is truly who we are. So it's not about money for us. It's about getting to be us for a living. That's a, it's a, it's a great thing to be able to say that, you know, not a lot of people can. Well, you, you certainly have a passion for it, but I would like to try uh, an exercise, John. Somebody comes in and they sit on that chair. Yes. You don't know them. They're not exactly sure what they want. Help us understand what, 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 what do you do? Do you look? Do it's, you? Yeah, it's a consultation. Look, you're going to sit down and I, I tend to get a, just through the conversation itself, somebody's self-confidence comes through it. Right. The more confident somebody is, the more I know the parameters tend to be a little wider with what they're willing to do. Right. If someone lacks confidence, I try to be very delicate with how I handle that. Mm -hmm. um, and there's lots of reasons for it. It could be hair texture. It could be the way, again, they might feel they're a little overweight or these things come up. Um, and, the, you know, my job is to make them feel okay about it because it is okay. At the end of the day, like I'm here to make them look and feel the best they can. And what, John, through the course of your artistry you brought to your business what what have you learned about yourself over the years of doing this i learned that i really like people a lot more than when you're younger and you're you know you have the angst thing and my rock and roll days as i've gotten older i'm really a voyeur of this whole human experience and I really, I feel like you just can learn from everybody. And I, my clients have taught me so much. I'm a better person for this job. Help us understand that. It's an interesting vantage point. You're on your feet all day. Every 20 or 30 minutes, you might have something different. So you've got a different mission. And yes. throughout the course of a day, you may have 15 missions. Yeah. What have they taught you? You know, it, it's taught me to, to slow everything down a little bit. Um, and appreciate each person for what they are. And also my patience, it's really taught me that I can be an extremely patient person 
an extremely empathetic person, an extremely compassionate person that when I was younger, I didn't think that even existed with me. So again, this job, all these women and, and men that I've come across in this, this career has really shaped me to be a better person. And are you describing John the musician as well? You know, that's a very different John. And, it, and this, this day, the, the sort of musician I am is, is completely different than the musician I was. For me, it's a journey of still learning. I'm, I'm learning a lot. Like, you become a black belt in judo, then you want to learn karate. You want to learn taekwondo. They're different, they're different disciplines. And I feel like music has that. And that's where I am. I'm learning each new thing. So right now I'm in a jazz, neo, uh, it's kind of a neo pop kind of guitar thing. Very different than when I grew up playing. It's certainly not the Allman Brothers. So, yeah, you're not slamming on those chords. And, and no, it's and, delicate. <laughs> it's delicate. Well, John, I've had the luxury of listening to much of your music. Thanks. And while I heard it from different points in your life, the one thing I can conclude, it was vulnerable. There, there, there were definitely personal storylines in there. It was courageous because sometimes when I heard the music and I heard the lyrics, it was a little bit of dissonance in, in different songs that made me feel either a pain or you were provoking me to, you, to, to, to bring my mind to a different place and to even give myself thoughts of how am I relating to the music? Is that what you go for? Because we've never discussed what you're going for in that. No, for, for me, it's therapy. So um, the, I, I've always been attracted to artists that it, it's a very pure thing. It's not a premeditated thing. It's how I feel. If somebody, if it connects to somebody and they feel something and it makes them feel something great, that, that's what it's all about. That's what inspired me was musicians that did that for me. So writing for me is just, it's a natural thing that from the day I picked up a guitar, I started writing songs. And does the music inform your hairstyling or does the hairstyling inform your music? They're, they're completely separate in some ways. Mm -hmm. Again, the self-expression part of it is the parallel there. Mm -hmm. um, music for me, again, at home, it's, it's something that I just love to do. It's like breathing. I can't, I can't shut it off. Right. Hair, I can shut off. I can take home if I have a good day or a bad day right. and leave it at work. Right. Music for me is just, it's, it's always part of me. Well, the music lives and breathes. It's always going to be a part of you. But what, what I'd like to do is switch this a bit to the listeners. And I want them, many of them, most who love music, but many of them are going to come to you or someone else with an expectation of transformation. And what I know about many of your clients, there's a certain renewal when that hairstyle is all done and they look into that mirror, they feel like a million bucks. Help our clients or our listeners in this case, understand the courage it takes to start your business. Let's, let's get into the business of this. Was it hard, easy? Walk us through how you did it. For me, um, I, I really felt this wasn't a hard journey. It was a natural progression for me. Uh, as an artist, again, when, you're, when you switch it from music to hair and I was still getting to create, I was working with different artists. I was evolving my skill set. Right. And then uh, I just got to a point where I, I needed to do my own thing. And no, it, it, honestly, it's, it, it is, it's a little hard because you do have to really believe in yourself. It's mm -hmm. your journey. People are paying me for what I, there's not a product, it's me. Right. So that, that can be a little tricky, but yeah. 
again, you, you, you learn your skill set and you develop these skills and your technique um, until you get to a point where you can forget it and be behind the chair and just express yourself. It's amazing. And I really love it. Well, the listener out there who is contemplating doing what you do, not in the music sense, because yeah. that is your, that is yeah. the personal side of you. While other people may have their passions, you're making a living and so do they. Yes. What advice would you offer someone who is contemplating opening up their version of Nourish? You know, make sure you can open up a business on your own clientele. You want to be established enough that you don't need anybody else to do it. Because, again, it's, it's a service, service industry and people come and go. So I have apprentices that I train up to become stylists. Some stay with me, some move on. Um, so at the end of the day, you want to open this on what you have. So if everybody left you, you can still make this all work. And fortunately, well, in every situation I've been able to. So. Well, what's interesting about that is you are hiring people now for the expansion of your business. Do they buy into your artistry or do they bring their own? You know, I have a certain level of work I expect to leave my shop. So a lot of shops will just take anyone, not anyone, but obviously yeah. you have to be licensed and, and, and go through the, the steps to get to that point. But for me, even a, a very experienced stylist has to come in and perform certain haircuts for me to oh. make sure, see how their technical abilities are. And so, do you find they bring your, typically your artistic sensibility, or at least the potential to involve, to evolve the way you have? Yeah, you know, I, I'm really inspired by the young people that I meet in the business. I feel like a lot of the people that have been in the business as long as I have, and I'm in my 30th year, mm -hmm. is that they, they get kind of jaded. I think they get a little beat down. Maybe they feel they've been passed by, um, by the younger people coming up. For me, the, the people that inspire me, I have an apprentice uh, right now who's getting on the floor, and she's been with me for a little over a year. Uh, her name is Nicole Christopherson. She's amazing. And um, seeing her evolve and get to the point with her confidence to be able to do this with work that I actually am okay with leaving the shop, it, it's that I, I love it. It makes me so happy to be well, able to, to do that for someone. You're doing something else though. In addition to being the artist, you're now passing that down and you're being the mentor. Is that how you see yourself? Yeah. I mean, at this point in my career, you know, paying it forward is everything. People did it for me and I just, you know, I'm a karma guy. So yeah. do the right things. And again, not everybody's going to stay with you. You can't have those expectations of like, why well, put all this into somebody? Um, they have their own dreams. Some want to open their own shops. But while I'm here, I feel, you know, they've helped, they help me do what I can do for a living. So my job is to, to prepare them for their careers as well. One other question, I think this is something for anyone who goes into the people business, because what you're communicating is you're in the people business. You Correct. just happen to be a hairstylist. I'm not Correct. diminishing that. But no. What I'm saying is when somebody sits in those chairs behind you, they bring with them the, their weather. If they're good, if they're bad, sunny skies, thunderstorms, they're sitting in that chair and they're delivering that vibe to you. Yeah. You deal with that. That must be a challenge in this business. It is. You got to have a short memory because the one person leaves and the next person comes in and it's a completely different story. And obviously with the pandemic, it's been a very challenging time. 
Um, the political cycle obviously was a challenging time. And you might have one person that has one very strong opinion. They leave and the next person comes in and the conversations flip totally. <laughs> and you have to find a way to not offend anybody in all of this. I heard that customer of yours said they voted <laughs> for and I can't believe you let them in your shop. Do you ever get yeah. those, those um, conflicts? Yeah, my shop is kind of a, you know, I'm an artist guy from New York. So we're kind of a political, we, we have a certain point of view on these things. And you tend to gravitate, your, your clientele tends to be that way as well, too. So, yeah. uh, of course, though, I, I have people on both sides of the aisle and, and I treat them as professional either way. It does not matter. It, yeah. it doesn't. Not with work. And I, I want to finish up with the line, and I'm really, I want to tie into the artistry. Sure. You have evolved over the years. I, I want to focus on your evolution, the artist, the, the artisan in you. What do you expect of yourself next year, the year forward that you haven't accomplished so far? I mean, I feel like at 51 years old, I haven't hit my peak yet. So it's to keep improving. Um, and as a person, just keep refining who I am. Uh, again, be more empathetic. And all this stuff, all these personal things play out in your art. Right. So it makes me a better hairstyle to be, have more understanding of, of other people's plight, you know, it, and it thoroughly makes it enjoyable. And that is really important. I think at this point in my career is to still really like what I do. Yeah. And, I, and I do. So that's the goal. Keep liking, keep going forward, you know, put out good karma. That's it. Well, there, there, there's another dimension here because you're a father and you're a father of, 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 Four girls. Four girls, right? You have you have learned what what, what has fatherhood as it helped you to become a better artist, a better musician, a better hairstylist. It has. Um, it's it's helped me become a better father. You know be, how so? Just again, we, I, I deal with so many women in this job, and I was raised primarily by women, right. and I've been surrounded by women my whole life. So as a dad of girls, um, seeing what having the conversations I've had of how women's fathers have affected them. Mm -hmm. It makes me very, very cautious of how I speak around my daughters, how I treat my wife. Um, so they see a good male role model. Right. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's very, very important to me. Now let's finish up to our listeners. Yes. I always like to pose the question for those that are tuning in, what do you want them to think? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do about their prospects of whatever profession they choose? You know, choose something that you're passionate about, because at the end of the day, the bottom line for, to be, for happiness isn't money with work. For me, it's getting up every day and knowing that I, I enjoy coming here and I enjoy doing this and I enjoy the interaction. And money's a part of it. Of course, we have to pay our bills. We have to raise our families. Um, but at the end of the day, you want to do something you're passionate about because we spend a lot of time at work and you, you never want to wake up and 30 years later be like, wow, I wasted all my time. And I certainly feel like I haven't. So I'm very blessed. And if one is contemplating opening up their own shop, anything specific you want to convey to them about the business of what you do and the artistry? Take it seriously, you know, act like a professional. People will respect you that way. A lot of people in this business, I think because there's not college degrees involved, uh, a, a lot of people look at us like we're kind of slackers that we went into this field. And it's true. Hmm. 
the interesting thing, and there are some, look, I've come across a lot of people in this business, but if you take yourself seriously, you act like a professional, you put that out there in the world, have a good skill set, and be an honorable person. It's not about upselling people. Do good work, treat people right, and it all comes back to you. Yeah. To our listeners who may want to come up to Peekskill, New York, and you know, give John Donatio a try, where, where, where do we find you? Uh, nourishhairandbody.com. That's uh, the website for the salon. There's a link to our Instagram on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's easy enough to, to find us. We're on Facebook as well. So. And how about your music, John? I, I know there's some out there. If one wants to tap into your sound, where do they find it? Uh, I have I have something on Spotify under Donatio, which is my last name. There's a couple yeah. of songs up there. Reverb Nation, uh, Donatio Three. I'm the third, so it's Donatio Three. There's a bunch of music up there. I think All there's right. some stuff on iTunes as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, John, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for coming on to the Climb to the Top. It's a very interesting parallel that you have communicated, and I'm grateful, and I thank you for coming in and talking about your your two lives. Chuck, I appreciate it. But real quick, I got to say hello to my daughter, Zora, and my daughter, Etta, because they're going to be watching this, and just to know Daddy loves you. Well, to Zora and Etta, uh, let me state how blessed you may feel but how blessed your dad feels for you for having you guys around and it's wonderful to hear the enthusiasm as a parent myself when one speaks about their children john speaks of the same passion about you that he has when he is standing about two feet from someone who says john make make your (laughs) magic and and that must be a wonderful feeling for you that's the the it's i love it i really do i love being a parent i love this job life is good yeah life is good well john thank you to all of those we are very fortunate that every day you go to work in the service of someone else's good health their growth but most of all their happiness and their self-esteem and for that we are grateful Thank you very much, Chuck. I appreciate you're welcome. You're welcome. You have listened to A Climb to the Top. I'm Chuck Garcia. My guest today was John Donatio. You can uh, subscribe to us on, you can follow us on Instagram. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can hear us on C-Suite Radio. We thank you every week for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.